Welcome to Glass Half Full Moon, where if we didn't take month-long breaks to get away from this bullshit, Full Moon Features would go out of business. Casey, why'd we come back? Um, because we hate ourselves. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't a... So... I we We came back because... As terrible as the movies we watch are, we enjoy talking about them and making fun of them. Someone needed to do it, and no one else was going to do it. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of people who would do it, but I, I, I enjoy what we do. It's fun. It's fun for me, at least. I mean, the actual watching of the movie is terrible, but the talking about it is fun. I will, I will say, opening, uh, we're coming back. We're, we're, we, we're coming back on Shrunken Heads. From, I believe it's 1994. Yes. And this was genuinely the most uncomfortable I've been watching a film. More uncomfortable than Meridian? No, not uncomfortable. That was the wrong word. More distressed. Upset. <laughs> this was disturbing. This was weird. This This was weird. So... If you might remember, our last film that we talked about was Puppet Master 5. And then we we went away for a little bit. Um, you got married and I got my stuff stolen. Yes. Well, no, first first your computer absolutely died on you. Then my and stuff then, was stolen and then by I got the married. guy that was repairing it. And then you got married. And, and I'm getting went, married again next year. And then you went to Alaska. Yeah, I... First, I went out of the country, and then I went to Alaska. I, I had to flee from the country. To get away and then from I came these back. movies. Yes. So I guess, with all that preamble out of the way... So Shrunken Heads here is supposed to be a comedy, uh, kind of like a black d- comedy. D- d- you're, you're, breaking, you're breaking the format. Was this a good movie? Um, it was weird. This was a weird one. No, this wasn't a good movie. I just... I distinctly dislike this there were good parts there were good parts of this movie but it's it's a weird one this is directed by richard elfman yes that elfman if the name sounds familiar to you it's because this is the brother of danny elfman and richard elfman his directorial debut was a cult film called the forbidden zone which was based off the stage performances of his and his brother's theater troupe, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, which would reform as new wave wave rock band Oingo Boingo. Yeah, brother of Danny Elfman, co-founder of Oingo Boingo, and somehow he ended up here. Apparently Forbidden Zone's like a cult classic. Yeah, and Manos the Hands of Fate is a cult classic. We're not saying... That distinction does not make a good director. That is true. That is true. But I guess we should start off with the fact that Elfman, he's got a penchant for bringing his family in on things because as you start this movie right off the bat, you can tell Danny Elfman did the main title theme. Yes, Danny Elfman did the main title theme, which is good because it's Danny Elfman. But also, did you notice that... There's a Elfman Jr. in here. Yes, um, Richard Elfman has his son Bodie playing a character within this film. So it's a bit of a family affair we got going on. Which isn't unusual for Full Moon in the slightest. 
considering along with Elfman doing the main title theme, you've got Richard Band, of course, doing the music. Dick Band and Elfman finally together. I will say I liked the music for this one. It was notably good. I liked the soundtrack for this one. But as our movie begins, I get major 90s decom vibes. If you know what a decom is, that's a Disney Channel original movie. I'm getting real big 90s decom vibes from this movie. And I get that all through it. Like if a decom and Goosebumps had a R-rated baby. That, that, that does raise the question of who was this movie for? I don't was know. Was it for kids? Was it for like young teens? It doesn't feel like it has an audience. I almost want to say this movie might be in the same vein as for who it was made for. I want to see it say it's almost in the same vein as like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Perhaps. It, it feels like it, right? It feels like it was made for the same audience who likes that kind of cheeky humor with some adult tones. So here's what I'm the vibe that I get. It feels like Richard Elfman wanted to make a decom crossed with Goosebumps. And then Charles Band came in and was like, put in some more tits. <laughs> well, we didn't, we didn't see full tit. We did we not see, see full tits. tit. But the, the, the energy of Charles Band requesting more tits is present. It is. It is. So our movie begins with the introduction to our obvious ragtag group getting together, which is three kids named Tommy, Bill, and Freddie. And Bill is apparently very big on jelly beans. Bill is 90s fat kid. He is 90s fat kid with the curly red hair. And he's popping jelly beans out of like a Pez dispenser? Was that ever a thing? I feel like that is something that was made exclusively for this movie. I have no idea. I have no idea. And I've got like a lot of knowledge on like candy memorabilia. And I have no idea about this one. That is perhaps the most eclectic knowledge you've ever told me that you have. I, I've got a, I've got approximate knowledge on most things. Like I, I like learn, I like learning about candy history, but I've also got a massive sweet tooth. But our ragtag group here is harassed by a street gang called the Vipers, led by their greaser leader Vinny. And we we get a lot of really interesting characters in this movie. You say interesting, I say. Power Rangers tier of characterization. A little bit, yes. This is bulk and skull to a T of these fucking greasers like, Hey kids, what you doing riding around the night turf? Or that's the the way that they are, are presented. Though later down at least the line... At first, at first they are. Yeah, it, but later down the line is spoilers, but who gives a fuck? They, sh- they kill a bunch of kids. They straight up turn to legitimate crime. The Vipers, not to mention one of the members, is is the aforementioned Bodie Elfman, who plays a character named Booger. His name's Booger. Do you think he chose that name for his character? Maybe. Because there's Booger and Pud. These are Power Rangers characters. <laughs> These are Power Rangers villains. Um, but of course... They get chased off because they're frightened away by the owner of the local newsstand, Mr. Sumatra. And Mr. Sumatra, already off the bat, 
has some major hoodoo inklings. Right. Like he, he's, he got them hoodoo vibes going on. So we got the magical black man trope. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's problematic layers to this. There, There's a history here. Specifically, specifically voodoo slash hoodoo because he's Haitian. Yes. But let's just sort of set all that problematicness aside and just look at this guy as a character and he knocks it out of the park. Yes. Apparently the actor who played Mr. Sumatra was a very noted character actor considering the credits were like featuring so-and-so as Mr. Sumatra. I didn't recognize him, unfortunately. Look him up. And there's nothing notable that I could see except for, of course, Murder, She Wrote. (laughs) But no, Julius Harris, he did a couple of bit parts, but he seems to be more known for this more than anything else. He was in Darkman. I still need to watch Darkman, so I'm going to set that on the back burner. But no, we we meet Mr. Sumatra, who is very, um, takes these kids kind of under his wing to be like, hey, I'm going to protect them. Sells them comic books, which, by the way, I'm going to assume most of the budget went to getting the license for the DC comics that are in this. Yeah, because these are specifically DC comics, because they're talking about Crypto and The Flash and Green Lantern. And just, okay, so... Just hold on. I just need to come to this. Fucking Tommy is like, hey, Freddy, check out Green Lantern. You'll love him. No, you won't. No one likes Green Lantern. I've been alive on this earth for 26 years, and I've met one other human being that likes Green Lantern, and even he didn't seem that happy about it. So don't, 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 don't go saying that Green Lantern's great or nothing. Green Lantern's fine at the best of times. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> to, to be fair, initially, Freddy did not know what Green Lantern was. Like, they even make a thing about it. It's like, Green Lantern's not a what? Green Lantern's a who? Oh, and so they get the uh, Crypto the Superdog comic, but it doesn't have... At least I didn't see Crypto on the cover, so it was just Superman. And I was like, did they somehow not get the rights to the name Superman and had to start calling him Crypto instead of like, oh no, they're talking about the fucking dog. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're they're talking about the dog. And it's a weird turn of events because they're sitting on the corner in a bunch of thrown out furniture reading it was, their That was actually a very comedic for me because it looks like they're kind of like sitting in an attic with like some old furniture and then it just cuts to them on the side of the road in a bunch of thrown out chairs and whatnot but no these these how old would you say these characters are meant to be the viper gang i'd say that they are meant to be like probably early to late teens the vipers yeah and then Tommy, Bill, and Freddy are obviously like 12, 13, 14. And we didn't even bring up uh, Vinny's girlfriend. Vinny's girlfriend, Sally. Who is 15. Yeah, 15 at this point of the movie. No, actually it would be 14 at this point in the movie. Oh, you're right. Ooh. Ew. Yeah, no, it's fucked. Ew. This, yeah, ew. Either way... After the Vipers decide to rough up our boys a little bit more, we cut to them hanging out at Tommy's place, leaving, and 
oh look, the vipers are causing trouble again. They're they're stripping a l- old woman's car for parts. Oh, you so you are you, you are passing by a certain thing, which is the accelerated romance. Ding bingo card of when Vinny's girlfriend comes over to Tommy's like, yeah, I don't like Vinny anymore, but I do like you. And they instantly start making out. 15 minutes in and Tommy already got the girl. And then Tommy's like, yeah, we're going to record the Viper gang and we're going to give it to the cops. And as you were saying, the Viper gang is like stripping an old lady's car for parts. And for some reason takes the muffler. Which is not one of the parts you take when you... That's like a part of the fucking frame. You don't take the muffler. I mean, the fact that they took the muffler is commendable. It's like, how the hell did you get that off? I mean, good for you, I guess. (laughs) Doing a lot of extra work for not a lot of extra profit. Well, the police come and the Vipers are like, Oh, we're not doing anything at all because... They had stowed all the stolen pieces in a car, and the car drove off already. So they're looking scot-free at this point. Then Tommy comes in with the recorded evidence, and of course, everyone but Vinny gets arrested because Vinny's not there. Yeah. And and then we are introduced to my favorite character of this movie. Big Mo. Big Mo. Let's talk about Big Mo. Big Mo, played by Meg Foster, in a role she actually claims to be one of her favorites. And I can yes. see why. I don't think that when this movie was made, this character was transcoded, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm making it my headcanon. Big Mo is very transcoded because Big Mo talks like a stereotypical mob boss with a pompadour, a cigar, and everything, and she's incredibly butch lesbian. Yes, and it it's great. Yes, but... And of course, Big Mo is actually short for, like, Maureen or something. Is that the case? Yes. According oh. to what I read via, like, uh, IMDB, Wikipedia, uh, Big Mo is Maureen. Oh. But Big Mo is, like, the best character in this movie. And Vinny is actually one of her underlings. Because he's come to her to get her to front the bail for the rest of the Vipers. Yes. And the bail is like, what, $4,000? 3000 I believe. More importantly, well, first of all, she grabs his dick real hard. And secondly... Mo is a manhandler. Yes. But, and secondly, what happens afterwards is that Mo tells Vinny, we gotta go get these kids, and we gotta bring them back. We're gonna just, you know, teach them a little bit of lesson, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they kidnap these kids in broad daylight, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, the Vipers are released from prison, and they straight up snatch our, these boys off the streets, and they are brought before Big Mo, and she's not too happy about them mucking up in her operations. She is not. No. At first, she was going to just let him off with a warning and say, like, why don't you come work for me? Hey, fuck off, you crazy kids. Yeah. 
And then they basically spit in her face on that offer. And so she ties them up in a back room. Yes. And this, again, at this stage, at most, you kind of get the sensation, oh, they're going to rough up these kids. But at no point did I feel like they were going to kill them. No. No. But then Tommy makes the dumbest decision I've ever seen. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, the boys escape. Boys escape. They are able to get out of their bindings, and they have been stored in the same place where Mo has stored the day's slips for her running numbers. She, she's running numbers. She's dealing in gambling. Right. And they decide to take... No, 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 not they. Not they. Tommy decides Tommy. on behalf of the group. Tommy decides to take her slips. And if they thought they were in trouble before, they real fucked up now. Yes. And because at this point they fucked with the money. And in a very comedic scene, Mo does go over to Vinny's house and is like, yeah, take care of those kids. And she just starts pulling out a com- comedic amount of guns out of her trench coat. It's like she's got hammer well- space. Well, first first off, she pulls out a standard pistol, and then another handgun, and then a fucking shotgun. Yes, like a, it's a, it's like a, it's like a normal Beretta, then it's a fuck-off revolver, and then it's a full double-barreled shotgun. <laughs> it's great. And, and as the boys are walking home, like all Disney Channel original movies, our heroes are killed in retaliation by Vinny. <laughs> Was I the only one that wanted to have, like, a RoboCop, like, style moment where these kids get lit up? You wanted to see it. Yes, I wanted to see these kids get lit up. Am I a bad person yet for it? Perhaps. Well, unfortunately, Richard Elfman does not have the same kind of balls that Stephen King does to kill kids on screen. Which, like... The movie's already R-rated. I don't understand why they wouldn't. Yeah, and it's it's mainly R-rated for language. It's R-rated for language and then, like, some certain themes. And I bet you if Mo wasn't a big butch lesbian, it'd probably be PG-13. Yeah. And that this does bring up another point that I did want to mention... Well, we're going over this. This was Full Moon's first feature film. First, like, film... Shown shown in in theaters. theaters. Yes. It was a very small number of theaters, but it was technically shown in theaters. Which, again, it goes back to why... Or or rather, who was this movie movie for? for? Who is this for? It's not for us. And we like fucked up shit. But it's not for us. But, yeah, the kids get mowed down in a bout of gang violence, and uh, Mr. Sumatra is there. And funnily enough, when the, the first two people that show up to the scene of the crime is Mr. Sumatra and the girl. And it's yeah. like, where are the parents? Or, you know, I guess they we only had Tommy's dad ever show up. Yeah, because Tommy's dad runs the local grocery store. Yeah. But... It's also, like, they were obviously on their way home. So, 
Because Sally saw it from her bedroom window. Right. And they all live on, like, the same streets and stuff. This must be fucking Brooklyn or something. This is said in New York. So it must be fucking Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, a triple funeral is held for the boys, which makes total sense because why would they all hold the same a funeral at the same time? Each individual family would be dealing with that separately. And it's just efficient. Like, we got places to go. Come on. Yeah. And Mr. Sumatra breaks into the mortuary where the bodies have just been left in the viewing room overnight. I feel like you have opinions about this. It's, yes, they have probably already been embalmed and whatnot, but it's still, why would they leave them in the viewing room overnight? Because the movie needs to happen. I know, but the fact of the matter is, after a funeral, they would have been normally taken to, if if gravesites had already been set up, they would have been taken and buried, or they would have been cremated and the remains given to the families so it's like it makes no sense for them to be hanging in the viewing room overnight except for plot purposes and it's stupid you know what that's fair that's entirely fair you you're you're you are right to be mad at this because i'm not i'm not mad i'm just disappointed (laughs) spoken like a true parent (laughs) <laughs> but no we do get all that we get mr sumatra literally sawing their heads off yeah he comes I, in i don't know why i didn't assume that's what he would do i guess yeah. i just kind of assumed he'd do because obviously the movie shrunken heads we see their shrunken heads we're waiting for the kids to die so we can put their heads on make their heads tiny it's <laughs> like I wasn't expecting him to actually saw them off, but I don't know what I was expecting him to do instead. Yeah, he just, he saws them off, takes them home, and dumps them in soup. And the next day, Mr. Sumatra's neighbors complain about a smell from coming from his condo, and he's just straight up picks up a dead cat from his porch and just like, oh, my kitty's unwell. No, 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 no. What happens is he has the cat with him, and he's it's spilling out of his coat like he's just can't hold all these dead creatures he carries around no no it was on, it was on the porch and he picked it up i got to go back and look but i swear to god he was carrying that with him no it was he was carrying a newspaper but the fact of the matter is he just had this dead cat and says it's unwell and that once the kitty doctor comes it'll be in much better health and the neighbors just don't question it. It's like, do they not see that this cat is dead? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's and okay. I almost, looking at the cat, I almost want to say it might be the same puppet that they used for Rufus and Reanimator. Really? It might be. Because it, it looked kind of similar. Or it was just a really, really bad dead cat. To be fair... There's only so many ways you can make a black dead cat. Yeah. And then he throws the cat into the head soup he's boiling. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. At, for, for flavor, for seasoning, as he says. And as, as he's boiled these heads down and whatnot, 
they're now tiny and shrunken. You can see the lacing on the hairline of the shrunken heads. Uh-huh. And we get some magic incantations. Yes, we get some hoodoo incantations because Mr. Sumatra is indeed a hoodoo shaman. I'm not saying voodoo, I'm saying hoodoo. Because Haitian is, if I remember correctly, in Haiti it's hoodoo and not voodoo. Here's the thing. The movie didn't care. I know. They they don't care. But I will say, I was fully expecting Dambala to show up considering the time period and this is being... Haitian resurrection. No, but he does talk about Haile Selassie. I know, but I was I was hoping to to have some Dumbala invoked. <laughs> you were hoping to Ade Duwe some Dumbala. We need some Ade Duwe Dumbala in here, or it's not a real Haitian <laughs> resurrection ritual. I don't know what to say. <laughs> he recites this this incantation, and he brings these boys back as tiny shrunken heads feeding shrunken head bill a bloody jelly bean in a very gross fashion yeah that's weird even even the heads are like we wish you would have left us as dead this goes back again who is this for because the kids in this film don't want to become shrunken heads yeah they're just like why did you bring us back? If this is our life now, we're better off dead. I'm which is like, oh a, my god! It, which is intense to hear a kid say. <laughs> it's it's so it's so weird. And as Mister Sumatra explained to them, I've brought you back to enact revenge and vengeance on the evil of the world and whatnot. And the kids are just, you can see them just sitting there in their mech, their makeup, necks all exposed and shiz. Like, they're they're supposed to be on, like, soup cans, and you, you see them all lined up in a row, and you can just see them just sitting there with their necks. Do you think the kids enjoyed this? Um, specifically, I think the actor who played Tommy enjoyed it for very specific reasons. Listen, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we but also we should say that for some reason they are trying they're trying to make the shrunken heads into the puppets where each one of them has their gimmick yes because he tosses them away and they can fly for whatever reason and they're being trained by mr sumatra to use their powers and whatnot being trained to be little floating murder machines for a full year. Yes, this is a year-long training montage. <laughs> Which the passage of time in this moment doesn't really matter that much. So I have to ask why they did it. I don't know either. But apparently now Shrunken Head Bill is a little vampire head. Tommy's electric and Freddy has a switchblade in his Freddy head. has a knife. That's <laughs> what I had right. Knife. Vampire. <laughs> lightning. Knife. <laughs> He's like an asthmatic blade. He really got out. Real bad in his deal. It's even funnier because he's literally like spitting out the switchblade. It's been like in his mouth and he's just like, blah. He holds it in his teeth. It's so bizarre. It's so stupid. 
And, okay, so something that, again, I need to bring up that is genuinely fucking horrifying is that the longer that the kids seek to invoke revenge upon those that killed them, the less of their humanity and personality remain. Yeah, yeah, because the... When they are finished with their training, as it were, Mr. Sumatra sends them out into the world to find evildoers, and they kill them. They straight yes. up kill them. Murder. And they straight up murder these people. And Tommy says the loss of their humanity with every kill. It's like, what? What the fuck? And later on, it is implied that these are not... because It is constantly going back and forth. Where Mr. Sumatra is saying... Consistent. Either these are just animated flesh puppets. Or they are their spirits inhabiting these shrunken heads. It's not consistent. But before they go back... Little floaty head Tommy goes to peek on Sally, who has a picture of him on her nightstand, even though they had been quote unquote dating for two days. It was two days. It might have been less than 24 hours. Yeah. Genuinely. It, it was like between, I would say, 20 and 36 hours, probably. It's just, I mean, okay. Maybe let's give it. They, she just felt. You know what? I'm not going to try to justify this movie for them. Just fuck, fuck them. And of course, she's back with Vinny because she's wearing like a heart-shaped necklace that's like to Sally from Vinny. Because you know what? It's been a year, and Vinny's alive and making money. And also, the people that they kill are apparently now hoodoo zombies who just keep farting and shitting on themselves. They're hoodoo zombies that are constantly farting and shitting on themselves, <laughs> but are also. Very much have the the compulsion to do good deeds. Yes, because as as these heads are going out and doing this to more people, it's been noticed, but labeled a disease among criminals, which gives them s- sagging skin, no pulse, low blood pressure, lack of bowel control but with a compulsion to pick up litter and clean graffiti. Fucking what? <laughs> this movie's fucking weird. It's so weird. But now it is time for the boys to seek revenge on those who took their lives. As Pud and Booger harass Mr. Sumatra at his newsstand. Because at this point, they've got a protection racket going. Everyone in town is paying them a percent, except Mr. Sumatra, because, quite frankly, they're afraid of him. And rightly so. Yes. Because Mr. Sumatra has glowing eyes. Yes. And he's talking about cutting out their tongues and their brains and preserving them for garnishment. Specifically his words. I mean, pop off, King. I don't know. (laughs) Well... He sends the heads off after Booger and Pud. Pud is staying over at Booger's because apparently his mom won't let him in the house because she's afraid of him. You know what? Same. (laughs) If I was his mom, I would be afraid of him. Booger goes to take a shower while Pud watches Robot Wars on the TV. Robot jocks. 
It was not Robot Jocks. It was Robot Wars. Motherfucker. Am I expected to remember all these things? No, but I'm just... Wait, was it Robot Wars? It was Robot Wars. Right, because it was the Scorpion thing. Yes. It was Robot Wars. But I don't blame you for not remembering because that movie was terrible. But while he's watching this travesty, Booger gets killed in the shower and Pud goes and checks on him three hours later. And Booger's just lying in the bathtub, just chattering his teeth away while zombie head Bill is still just chomping on his neck. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Um, so I will say they missed a good opportunity for a psycho psycho reference with the, uh, uh, head with a knife and during the shower scene. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. That would have been fun, but also probably way too much work. But this movie sucks. They kill Booger and Pud. Booger gets killed in the shower and a zombie Booger holds down Pud while he gets zapped by head Tommy. And is this where we cut to Vinny having a nervous breakdown? Yes. Because Vinny finds his zombified cronies weeding the back alley with maggots just pouring out of their mouths. I do I do respect uh, Bodhi Elfman here where it did seem he had actual maggots in his mouth. Yeah, it looked legit. M- much respect. But to be fair, you also have to consider who his uncle is. Well, yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that he had maggots in his mouth. Yeah. So, Vinny, he's not having a fun time. Meanwhile, Sally is going to the graveyard to visit Tommy's grave and is put upon by shrunken head Tommy, being a creeper, forcing his memories upon her, and then flying up her shirt between her tits. Why? He's like, embrace me one last time. And she's like, you don't have a body. And he flies up her shirt in between her boobs. Okay, but what why? What the fuck? But why, though? Because Charles Band demanded more boobs. But why? And then she goes and confronts Mr. Sumatra. Oh, so before we get too far, when, when Tommy does beam his memories into her, it's, it's just replaying the reanimation scene from earlier in the movie with Tommy's floating head in the corner. Well, it's it's that the the firing squad scene and the reanimation, yeah. And I just wrote down in my notes, Tommy is the first PNG tuber. <laughs> no, he's not a PNG tuber. He's just a floating head live streamer. Sure, yeah, that's what we're going with. Yeah, he's just a floating head live streamer. Sure, yeah, that's the new lore. <laughs> But Sally goes to confront Mr. Sumatra about what the fuck is going on. And she's just like, Mr. Sumatra is like, oh, they're just tools for revenge. And she's like, no, Tommy's spirit is so much stronger than that. And Tommy head flies in between her tits again because she lets him. She unbuttons her shirt and, and invites him in between her bosom. And this girl's not even 16. She is, she says, I'm pretty sure he says that she is almost 16, which would make make her 15 at the time. And I'm pretty sure, looking at my notes here, I, the um, note I put here was, I want to fucking scream. And then I wrote down, this is just worse reanimator. I wrote down, Jesus, fuck, what is this movie? 
Good to see we were we were on similar wavelengths. Yes. Uh, next next uh, was I'm genuinely so uncomfortable, <laughs> and I hate all of these characters. And then why is he asking about virginity? <laughs> well, apparently the big bad final spell that is being saved for Vinny and Mo has to be done by a virgin, of course. Even though that's not what being a virgin sacrificed me. Never mind. No. Fun fact. When, although, no, he, he strictly says a woman who has not been penetrated by a man's member. That's legitimately what he says. I don't want to think about what he's saying anymore, Casey. <laughs> Anywho. Vinny goes to Moe's having a breakdown like, oh my god, there are zombies everywhere. What the fuck? And the zombies set upon Moe's hideout with Mr. Sumatra all de- all dressed up in his suit and fedora and whatnot. And Mr. Sumatra just shoots a guy directly in the forehead. Yeah. He opens the door and she just shoots him point blank. And we get a, we get an action scene, I guess. We get a bit of an action scene as Mo shoots Sumatra, and a car chase scene begins. Set to a no, version. Okay, let's not let's not let's not cross over this. It was the funniest fucking scene. I laughed so hard at this, where Sumatra, where where Mo has the girl in a headlock and a gun to her head, and she's like, "Okay, well, there's not going to be any problems. We're going to leave here." Sumatra's like, there is no power on earth that could stop me. And she just turns around, shoots him in the chest, and leaves. And I just was laughing so hard. There's no earthly power. Bam! <laughs> then call this heavenly power, bitch. But it then besets a chase scene. I'll show you, I'll show you power. A browning high power. <laughs> It besets a chase scene set to a version of Oingo Boingo's No One Lives Forever. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) And I'm just like, this is the second weird scene I've seen set to this song. What was the first? Um, Texas Chainsaw Part 2. You know what? That's fair. And honestly, they used it better. And And then we get a doomsday cult... That exists for like 30 seconds to just be driven off the road. Yeah, as they're being chased, Vinny's driving with Mo, Sally, and Mo's girlfriend Mitzi in the backseat. Mitzi's adorable, by the way. Mitzi's, she's very airheaded. But yeah, she's, Mitzi's, Mitzi's the bitty that uh, Mo has along with him. Yeah, Mitzi's an airhead, but she's good-hearted. And... Vinny straight up runs the bus off the road into a lake. And as the lake sinks, you hear, no one lives forever. I'm just like, oh my god. It's strange. Well, they're being chased after... They're being chased by Mr. Sumatra in another car with the zombies. And the flying head's going after them. Right. Freddy Head is going after their tires with his little teeth knife. And Mo rolls down the window to shoot him, and Billhead just goes on her arm like nang, 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 nang. Again, it's so <clears throat> silly. It's not good. And then when after that happens, Mo just fucking shoots the heads and kills them. 
Well, Bill's head gets shot point blank with a shotgun, and Freddy gets run over by Vinny's tire. And then Tommy Head flies directly through the windshield right into Vinny's mouth, choking him out and zapping him as he bangs his head against the side of the car after he gets that out. That was genuinely uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. So I should say that in most movies like this, it's like, oh, the guys are going to get their comeuppance and they're going to, you know, get killed because they killed those kids. But in this movie, they are describing just these absolutely horrific fates for these people where they're going to like not are going to feel all the pain as their bodies are destroyed but they won't be able to move or react or even scream it's like fucking it's like this script was written by am i was gonna say if not am then marquis de sade and it's like i get it they're the bad guys but i at this point I was kind of rooting for them just because of how genuinely nightmarish their fates would be otherwise. But moving on from that, we get the final Well for well first off, Moe's about to shoot Sally in the head and the only reason she doesn't is because Mitzi runs in, pulls, pushes up her arm cuz she's like, "No, I don't want to see any more kids getting killed." Uh-huh. And Mitzi just gets off scot-free. She's just let go as long as she, like, doesn't talk about what she's seen. And she's like, yeah, sure. No one's gonna believe me anyway, so you know what? That's fine. I'm just gonna go. And they run over Freddy again when they go to pick him up. Uh, I don't know if that was a mistake, but I'm glad they kept it in the movie. It was funny. Apparently Sally is now a voodoo high priestess. Sure. Fine, whatever. I don't think I give a fuck anymore. Yeah, the movie ends with Sally now being a voodoo high priestess. The heads are now in her care because they're they're resting until they're needed again because their revenge is done. Um, they're preparing something real nasty for Big Mo and Vinny, who are being wrapped up like mummies. And yeah, she just stares off into the sunrise. As the heads fly up and out of shot. Because you know what? We need to sell these action figures. And then there's a post credit scene of zombified Moe and Vinny cleaning up graffiti. Oh, there was a post credit scene? I didn't care to watch anymore. Yeah, there was a, a, a small post credit scene of Mitzi talking to an older woman about asking her for coffee. Because Mitzi is a straight up lesbian. You and know what? She, and sure. she has a type. She has a type. Good for her. Anyway, this was horrible. This was weird, but I will say it was tolerable in a sense because of Big Mo. Big Mo was the best character. Now, at this point, I would ask, would you recommend this movie to anyone? But of course, that precedes the question of who the fuck is this movie even for? If I were to recommend this movie to someone, it'd be someone I'd want to make feel real uncomfortable. It, I was so uncomfortable. It's like, it's someone I don't like and I want them to feel unsettled and disturbed. Because, you know, I, normally I, I have good movie recommendations. If I were to recommend this to you, I don't like you. Was so... had clearly no vision. No one gave a fuck. And if they gave a fuck, they were... 
ousted by Charles Band demanding more tits. And yeah, it just it has this is a movie for no one. I will say there are three positives to this movie. And that is Meg Foster as Big Mo, the soundtrack, because honestly, the soundtrack's pretty good. And it didn't drag. These kinds of movies usually drag for me. Like, it takes me so long to be able to watch it because I just, I'm not invested. This one at least didn't drag for me. Yeah. We got, and we got both the uh, famous Dick Brothers. We got Dick Band and we got Dick Elfman. <laughs> you gotta stop calling them Dick. No. <laughs> you gotta stop. But in the Full Moon Cinematic Universe, who is... Who is going up against the shrunken heads? You know who I want to see go up against the shrunken heads? Go. The flying severed head villain that uh, Brick Bardot has to face in Dollman. Head against that Ted. That is good. That head is against good. Ted. Yeah. I was going to say the puppets just because they are so clearly trying to make these shrunken heads into the puppets. But alternatively... Yeah, no, I don't have an alternative. This movie fucking sucked. <laughs> I guess we should Oh, talk- no, 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 no. It was the disembodied hand from Netherworld. Uh, okay. Head against hand. All right. Anyway, what's next, Casey? Um, so next time on F- Glass Half Full Moon, we have another installation in the Trancers franchise with Trancers 4, Jack of Swords, so prepare for some more Tim Thomerson weirdness. I remember the last time we did a did a Trancers movie, there was some weird stuff going on with our timelines. I hope that doesn't happen again. Uh, well, we shall see. But I guess uh, tune in next time and see where we end up down the line. And you know what? Don't... St- stay hey, you know what? If... If you have the chance to not make enemies with, like, the local gang boss, don't make enemies with the local gang boss. But Just, still, you know. But still befriend the local Haitian newsstand owner. He could be a nice guy. Sure. Or he could trap your souls forever in in, in trunk and flying heads to in, in, invoke revenge. I don't know. Anyway, have a terrible evening. Fuck off. <laughs> Bye. Bye.